Bernardo, a much more serious thing to talk about. Uh, although it's a pleasure, let me start by saying, to have our guest back in studio with us today, Monique Stradham, founder of anti-child abuse NGO Matla Bana. Um, and I've asked her back, I know she was with us just a few months ago talking about her travel adventures, but the reason I've asked her back so soon is that I'm really interested in what Matla Bana has been doing in terms of exploring the power of art as a therapeutic tool. So I've asked her to pop in and just share a little bit of what they've been doing in the last few months and continue to do into the new year. It's always lovely to see you, Monique. Welcome back. Yes, always lovely to be here. Thanks. For the sake of the one or two people who've never heard previous interviews, won't you just briefly recap what Matlabana does? We're an NGO and we work specifically to to minimize the secondary abuse children suffer when they report crimes and we mainly work with police and prosecutors um, and people who work at hospitals at the rape clinics um, and we try and empower them to better serve uh, the clients and most of our work or the people we work with are children who've been raped. Yeah. And unfortunately, we know too well, it's a very busy job, Monique. You are never short of new children needing your support. And the numbers weigh heavily on anybody who works in that space as much as they weigh on the victims themselves. I mean, when when I say using art as a therapeutic tool, I think most listeners' heads probably went to using art as an outlet for the child survivors. But in this case, particularly, you are also using art as an outlet for their caregivers, their first responders, those prosecutors and and caregivers who are looking after them. Monique, I mean, it's it's a very special kind of person who is able to endure working in a space like this and the emotional toll that it must take. And it's it's a sort of a, a side of the story that perhaps we don't talk about often enough. There's a lot of focus, and absolutely rightly so, on what the victims and survivors go mm. through. But maybe you want to give us a bit of perspective on on what you hear from those people that you are engaging with about the toll it takes on them. Yes, um, I can maybe just share. We uh, um, we do these art workshops mm-hmm. um, that we do with Clendine, the artist Clendine, and we had a workshop last year where somebody came in and we do a check in before and after, and and we check in on what the morning meant for them. And this one person came in and said, I arrived here this morning and I was ready to commit suicide. And I'm leaving with joy in my heart. So I I think people don't realize the effect of trauma because our police, our doctors, these people are just normal human beings. And they they see the devastation of abuse Mm -hmm. and they have to go home and live a normal life and still have all the other stresses like financial stress and children and maybe wives and and people criticizing them all the time Mm -hmm. because that's what we do as a community is just criticize the police all the time. And if you look at at um, the the health, if uh, you know most of them have got high blood pressure, has got diabetes. I know of somebody who ha- has a brain injury who was actually boarded because of a brain injury, because of the trauma they were exposed to. And and um, we didn't realize that they are just normal human beings. And it, it's really severe. It's horrific the things that they are seeing. You know, we talk so much about secondary trauma to those reporting abuse and going through the system. But really what we're talking about here is a level of of tertiary trauma uh, in a way Mm. that that is not often seen or spoken about. Monique, I mean, what does that mean for the ability to keep really dedicated, experienced people who know the system, who know how best to help, Mm. to keep them in that system when they are struggling themselves to cope with the emotional input of that work, um, how do we see a lot of sort of attrition of of good people out of the system because they just can't take it mm. anymore? 
We we do see that. Um, I had a meeting with a, 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 a police officer the other day. He's now he's 52 years old and he's been medically boarded because he was so traumatized. Um, and we're losing that skill, which is it's it's really bad for us. And and um, some of the, or half of the challenges they ha- have is also because of a lack of support from the system. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have vehicles, they don't have cell phones. We're asking again now for cell phones for for some detectives. Um, the system is actually failing them. Um, we have two detectives with one vehicle um, and they have to use that vehicle and they've got to drive people to courts and and do the investigation. So it's, it's also the burnout because of the failure of the system. And I don't think we always realize that. I mean, we've heard rumors now of doctors might not be paid Oy. at the government hospitals the end of February because the budgets have been cut. So they work under extreme challenges with limited resources and then we put so much pressure on and we don't understand. Um, I mean, some of them have 100 cases that they, they're oh, dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the backlogs and the, the challenges at the court. So it's just the, the system is not only failing the victim, it's also failing our our officers of the law and mm. our doctors. Now, let's talk a little bit more about how art can help in that scenario. As you mentioned, you've been doing these workshops. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what you do and, and, and what sort of impact you're seeing. Yeah, so this is, it's basically the, what we did the last two weeks was basically art therapy, mm-hmm. where we invite them in, um, because we often see when people are in survival mode, you know, they just, it's fight or flight. Um, and, and people live in fear and they have all this adrenaline that's being released and it's not good for their health. So we just bring them in a space where we bring them back into this present moment. We, we ask them to disconnect from the analytical brain, move over to the right-hand brain and just be creative. And you can absolutely see the difference when people walk in. And there's also this fear of I can't draw and I can't paint. And, <laughs> <laughs> and when they walk out and there's a lot of good chemicals that was released, endorphins Mm. and oxytocin, and you see the joy. And it's something as small as that that makes such a huge impact that will just inspire people to go on and and, um, face the challenges they're facing. So it's just moving out of that environment of extreme trauma, moving into something new, creative. You know, our Mm. brain, they talk about plasticity of the brain. When we do things that we haven't done before and we challenge ourselves, you see that brain being rewired. Yeah, laying down new neural pathways, literally. That's right. Now, I mean, what about applying these techniques to victims themselves? Is it something that, that, that is possible? Is it something you've tried? We there, there are quite a few charities who actually do the art therapy with victims okay. themselves, and and with great success. I mean, there's a there's a whole history on our successful, and not only art, um, also drama. Yep. I mean, we also use drama in our training with the police officers, and it's quite it, the purpose that it was supposed to serve. It was to to. We do it as part of our perception training and is is to move them out of their own shoes into the shoes of the victim Mm -hmm. and and charge their nervous system so that they can feel how victims feel. And what we realized at the end, we have so much fun (laughs) doing it with them. And you can see how big detectors are absolutely terrified when they hear they have to act and write scripts. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, um, when they understand what their victims feel, but 
eventually it also becomes a debriefing session for mm. them where there's a lot of laughter and they laugh at each other and um, it's once again that whole creative process that happens and and we never realized it would have such a big Im- impact <laughs> you know and for me I come from a creative background it, it's absolutely beautiful to see the process happening wow just for anybody who came in late to the conversation, my guest uh, with us in the studio is Monique Stradham, the founder of anti-child abuse NGO Matla Bana, and of course herself, uh, somebody who knows what it is to be put through extreme traumatic uh, stress, having been a hostage uh, very famously, infamously, I don't know what the right word is, Monique, <laughs> earlier in her life. But speaking of drama, you are also um, using drama as a tool Going forward into the year, and I know a lot of our listeners will have heard an interview within the last week or so on Cape Talk about the new production of The Good Dad, Dehuya Pa, which is opening at the Baxter. It is a play that deals with the impact of child abuse and Monique, particularly with the silence around Mm. child abuse that allows it to flourish. You've actually partnered with that production, I believe. Yes, they invited us. So we're very excited (coughs) about that. And I think what the amazing thing is, is child abuse and abuse is something that people don't talk about. So like for us, for many years, we struggle to find funding because people don't want to be associated with with the topic. Mm. And it, it's just wonderful to see that the message is being spread and that people using something like theatre. And I applaud Eric. I haven't seen the play. I've read the script. Okay. It's hectic. I, I was just wondering how are they going to put that on stage? Um, but I think it's necessary for us to have these conversations and I think theatre is a wonderful well not only theatre music we've got a rapper write, writing a bully song for us okay. now so it's it's to use art to get messages across that makes people uncomfortable but it it, it creates that environment and I really want to ask people to support the, the show we are going to put up a big wall of breaking the wall of silence which we want people to go and put their names on to show their support and, and really to see what's going on because it really affects all of us. Mm. If you, I'm sure all of us know somebody who has been abused, who have been abused ourselves. I mean, it's it's, it's really, al- it's part of everyday life. It's and almost statistically impossible that you don't. Absolutely. You might not really realize it, but it is almost statistically impossible. Absolutely. And, and we don't. think it's wonderful yeah. that artists are using um, the talents that they have to, to get that message across. I think it's wonderful that people like you are, are thinking about the impact on the next level that I, as much as I know you have a passion for the victims and for making sure that they are protected as far as they can be as they work through the justice system Monique I think it's remarkable that you also have space within your organisation to think of and care for the people around them in that process and um, I hope this conversation perhaps sparks some ideas in others listening about exploring the possibilities uh, of working in this way uh, just in closing uh, the good dad Dihuyapa I know opening at the Baxter I think within the, the 13th. The, yeah, with, I was going to say is that next week it is or the, the week after, but very within this month. Uh, so, are there particular performances um, that Matlaban is associated with, or is it the whole run of the play? Yes. If, if someone wants to particularly be part of your campaign, yeah, we're actually way. a beneficiary mm-hmm. of, of the play. And then on the 18th and the 24th, on the, uh, during the afternoon shows or after yep. the afternoon shows, there will be panel discussions where we are bringing in some experts. We've, we've invited the police. Um, to be part of that discussion so that we can just inform people. So if people, it's on a Saturday and a Sunday or a Sunday and a Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure um, it's a, it's, 
it'll be informative. So I would definitely invite people to, to come and support on those days. But yeah, just support the whole run. Okay, you are looking for uh, the production of The Good Dad and Die Goeie Pa. Just make sure you it's going to be in English and then in Afrikaans on consecutive weeks is my understanding. So booking is uh, web tickets for the Baxter. Otherwise, look on the Baxter's website for details of those performances and make a note of the 18th and 24th of February as the ones which have the panel discussions afterwards. Before we must let you go, Monique, you mentioned police officers in need of cell phones. Do they have to be fancy cell phones? If somebody listening to this has got a an old discarded second-hand phone, would that be of help? Absolutely. We will take all Anything. the phones. We need vehicles as well. Okay. Someone has a second-hand car, but they want to give away. <laughs> That's a bit of a hard ask. But particularly if you maybe are considering mm. upgrading your cell phone, to use Wendy Nola's favorite non-term, um, do you think about that and reach out to Matlabana if you have got one sitting in a drawer at home that's Absolutely. not being used. Imagine the difference it could make if it allowed a police officer to have proper communication mm. tools once again. Monique, thank you again to you and your team for what you're doing and always lovely to see you in studio. Thank you. Matla Abana, if you'd like to read up more about their work, uh, Matla is M-A-T-L-A and then it's the letter A and abana.co.za is their website.